0: Multiple strains of income. We hear about it and see references to it all the time. But what does it really mean? Do you really need them? And better yet, how do you get them?
1: Join us on this journey as we become stream chasers through raw, transparent discussions on everyday business happenings and have deep dive conversations with entrepreneurs and other stream chasers that are straight up doing it.
0: Get your pen, phone or notepad, whatever it is, grab it and lock in. It's payday.
2: I'm getting paid to learn how to run a business. Rather do things when I want and how I want, and get paid more for some office job. Oh, so you are
0: after something. (laughs) And what's that? Freedom. All right. Thank you for joining us on the second episode of the Stream Chasers podcast. My name is Kayla Nelson.
1: And I am Candace Williams.
0: And today we have a great episode for you today. Before we kind of get started, first we just want to say thank you to everybody that tuned in over the past couple weeks. That listened to our first episode mm-hmm. on MLMs and Pyramid Schemes. If you didn't, please check that out on all your favorite podcast platforms and or our YouTube.
1: Mm-hmm. Today... Before we get started on today's episode you know Kaylin and I decided that we were going to dedicate a segment to checking in with each other on the past two weeks so you get paid on the 1st and the 15th and because we give you that space to make sure that you are given time to apply the knowledge that we're giving no need to give you knowledge back to back to back to back if you can't do anything with it right Mm -hmm. so we like to check in with each other and say what did you do over the past two weeks to add to your stream chasing so Kaylin what did you do over the last two weeks
0: Uh, so over the last two weeks since we had crystal our former guest come on yeah um, i did some research on mlms and pyramid schemes just so i can familiarize myself uh, with Mm -hmm. that whole process and then also uh, put a lot of time and effort into the stream chasers podcast of course Um, i'm all about providing quality content uh, Mm -hmm. for our people out there so just the planning process day in and day out making sure that we can package a great product for the people how about you candace
1: So because we were talking about MLMs, I personally am not involved in MLM, but my mother is doing one that's like around fitness and wellness and nutrition, et cetera. So I invested in her. So I called her and we talked about her business plan and tried to like reroute some things to make her stand out a little bit from everybody else that she's selling her colleagues, if you will, selling Mm -hmm. with. So I'm hopeful that my investment in her will be an investment in me in the Mm -hmm. future. You know, it's like a backdoor investment. That's how that's going to work. So I'm hopeful. I'm I'm just really excited to see her doing something that she actually feels passionate about because obviously she has a nine to five, right? Like we all do. Mm -hmm. But she's doing this MLM like crystal because she feels really passionate about the product, so I'm hopeful that one, her passion about. I just like to invest in. You know, it's good to see your mom yeah. feel good about yeah. something, but also that, like I said, that she gets an additional stream of income that she can, you know, do whatever she needs to do with that. She gets closer to retirement. Okay, so, you know, okay. Well no, that
0: sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good. So today we have a good episode for you all. We're going to dive into. How to ask for a better salary and a lot of those HR principles, the do's, the don'ts, the things that you probably didn't even know that you could do. Yeah. Everything based around your salary. And there's a lot of reasons why we want to kind of get into the details of this, because there's a lot of people, as Candace mentioned earlier, that we all want to become stream chasers. Right. But the problem is a lot of us work a nine to five job. Mm hmm. And we need to stay on that job to be able to fund our initiatives, our business ideas and that type of thing. Right. Right. However, there could be a lot of times where we're leaving money on the table Mm -hmm. because we don't know how to negotiate a salary. We don't know how to ask for a raise, mm-hmm. you know, things of that such. So that's what we're going to dive into today. But before we get started, Candace, can you tell us about any examples about have you had to go through anything
1: like that? I mean, I've changed jobs. Let me see. In my career, I've had I've worked for one, two, three, four, maybe five different organizations. So at least five times I've come in with salary negotiations when I was really young you know fresh out of college obviously I actually did negotiate my first salary now that I think about it Mm. but I negotiated it with back pocket information because a friend of mine had come out the year before so we both interned for the same company and we were coming back to work for them full-time and a friend of mine she was a year earlier she graduated a year before me and so she called me and she was like listen this is what I took don't take that Mm. go for more (laughs) and I was like okay i was like you know i'm I'm like 18 i mean 20 i'm like woo! this is a lot that you're asking me to do but i had a reputation at that company for good work i'd been there i'd interned for them for over the whole time i was in college so four years plus i'd interned for them so they knew me they knew my work and i think they knew my worth and i felt comfortable in my worth going back and pushing a little bit after having that back pocket information however Every other time that I joined an organization, I didn't have that back pocket information. So Mm -hmm. me pushing on an organization saying, I want more, was really just about me knowing my self-worth and knowing about the job, I guess. Sometimes I was successful and Mm -hmm. felt confident enough to do it, and other times I wasn't. You know, I feel like as I've progressed in my career... I've become way more successful at doing it. Like now I don't go into a job without a negotiation. I actually turned down a job with a state government not too long ago. Maybe, let me see, probably less than a year ago Mm -hmm. because they just couldn't get where I needed them to be. And finally, once they inched over, like they did a whole lot of work and they inched over and they barely met the mark. I thought about it and I said, it took so much for them to get there. It's not worth my time.
0: Like pulling teeth.
1: Yeah, it was like pulling teeth to get there. And I was very well aware of like, what kind of job I was facing like it was not an easy job and they knew it wasn't an easy job so it should have been a better salary from the start you know so I would say the negotiation was kind of pointless at the end of the day I'm sure the guy was not happy that I kind of was like you know what thank you but no thank you after all that after all of that but it was worth it it was worth it because it just wasn't what it needed to be how about you
0: yeah so my first job out of college so I graduated in 2008, which a lot of people know that was right in the middle of the, of the recession. Mm-hmm. So I was just happy to get a job, get a <laughs> okay. job interview. Trust me, it was a process. Okay. Um, but once I did get an interview, you know, they offered me like, I think, 30000 uh-huh. for a great position that okay. had a big title. But again, I knew I was fresh out of school. Right. Right. I just wanted a job. I was tired of my parents saying, hey, get a job, you know, every day, right. well, you know, that whole nine. So I took it. But then it was from that job that I tell everybody I learned the most. Okay. So it was for a woman owned small business mm-hmm. contracting company hmm. where we bid on federal contracts. OK, I had the title to be or I was the business development person. Wow. So I kind of got a lot of experience uh-huh. in learning about contracts. And it was there that equipped me for the rest of my career to know how to negotiate or at least what to ask. For example, there was a contract that we were getting ready to bid on and it was an admin contract. Mm -hmm. So I think the client at that time was looking for three admin assistants to place in variety offices. Mm -hmm. And what I saw was that these Rates for an admin assistant level one. Mm-hmm. The government was willing to pay them eighty five thousand dollars to the business, right? But then the business was only going to pay that person uh-huh. thirty two thousand. Ooh! So that's what first equipped me to understand. Like, you can make some money.
1: Yeah, it's money. It's, it's, a, yeah,
0: it's all about being equipped with that knowledge. Uh-huh. Granted, they understood that the company needed to you know bring in that money because that's part of their bottom line, their revenue, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But that's what first helped me learn like, okay, if I'm going in for a position mm-hmm. that's not an admin assistant, that's mm-hmm. whether it be an IT. or a project manager, mm-hmm. they're paying 200, 250k for these bodies. So you could at least give me 50 percent minimum. Mm-hmm. So that's what helped me kind of learn like ask for what you want
1: exactly exactly because if you don't ask for it they have a thought about what they want to give you and if you don't ask for anything more it's like thank you good to know you and this is what you get and yeah, that's just yeah, that yeah
0: no yeah good, no and doubt. I think
1: people should know that even on the government side of things while there isn't a revenue or a bottom line that they're trying to protect there's money on the table for projects initiatives and things can get cut short or moved or you know put asunder for later mm-hmm. if I feel like Kaylin is worth That extra dollar, you know what I mean? And I think while we are, we have our own personal experiences with it, you know, it's good that we have a guest here today that's going to give us a little bit more knowledge behind our personal experience because right now we just, you know, chopping it up, but... (laughs) Kimberly Eddings is the Senior Director of Human Resources at the National Association for the Education of Young Children. So that's commonly known as NACI, where she's responsible for designing the strategic direction for talent strategy, development, acquisition, and operations. Kimberly has provided human resources, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and talent strategy expertise for NACI, George Washington University, Friendship Public Charter School, and the Ohio State University in a variety of HR roles. She also serves as a Board's Trustee for Two Rivers Public Charter school in washington dc kimberly holds a master's of science in educational leadership from saint thomas university in florida and a bachelor's degree in political science and african-american studies from the ohio state university kimberly also completed an executive certificate in diversity and inclusion for hr from cornell university's school of industrial and labor relations kimberly's passion for people led her to begin an instagram giving hr tips at the hr nerd OK, Kim currently lives in Maryland and loves spending time with her seven nieces and nephews and her best pup, Mingo. I had to read that because it's professional and I felt like it deserved the credence. Normally, I would just do it off the top, but this was it needed.
0: No, nah, that, so, that was needed.
1: Exactly. Welcome, Kim.
2: Thank Welcome. you for having me. Yay. Welcome.
1: Not a problem. So let's start simply and let's dive into... Because I read a lot of words mm-hmm. about what you do at work. Mm-hmm. But can you, in layman's terms, tell the folks what it is that you do at NACI currently?
2: Yeah. Before I get started, I was debating if I should ask this, but I'm going to ask it. Okay. Um, what's an MLM? You said that a lot in the introduction. So yes. what's an MLM?
0: No, so that's great. So MLM is multi-level marketing.
2: Mm-hmm. Got it. Mm-hmm. And I'm
0: not sure if you know, but I don't want to assume. But that's just very quickly. That's just what typically when you see like a sponsor up mm-hmm. at the top. And they say, Hey, I'd like to bring you on under this certain business model. And do you want to get in? Sometimes you might have to pay an initial investment. And then a lot of your success is due to how many people can you bring in under you, which mm-hmm. helps the next person. And then the ladder starts to. Got it. Mm-hmm.
2: And the, so the reason why I asked that is one, I didn't know. Okay. Ignorance, complete ignorance. But also, that's kind of what I do is I encourage people to ask questions. Okay. I ask people I encourage people to get comfortable in the space where they work mm-hmm. in order to feel a sense of belonging, inclusion, you know, and safety in the workplace mm-hmm. to be able to ask questions that you don't know the answer to. So human resources basically the elevator speech for human resources is we we <laughs> make sure organizations don't do stuff fill in the blank for that word that you know I want to use uh-huh. to get themselves in trouble. Okay. Yeah. Right. So we make sure our companies don't break the law. Okay. And then but we also make sure that our employees have access to what it is that they need to be a whole employee. So mm-hmm. whether it's legal, whether it's like protections for that are given to you by the state or the Fed or vice versa for the company. But we just make sure that the company's safe and we make sure our employees are safe. And there's a whole host of things that fall under that umbrella. But in layman's terms, that's what I do. I'll go for the company,
1: I'll go for the people. Wonderful. (laughs) So as we kind of gave away in the intro earlier, one of the things that we're really interested in is making sure that our stream chasers know how to ask for their worth at their nine to five, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm going to kind of break it up into two parts. So let's start with, I already have a job and I need to ask for a raise (laughs) because I feel like I make more money or I need to make more money. And let me give you a very real example. Because I think this happens a lot on the job. You get close to colleagues, friends, etc. Mm-hmm. You And I know that Rebecca makes more money than I do for <laughs> the exact same job that I have. Mm-hmm. So I want to storm my boss's office. I'm storming the office. And I'm going to say, hey, Becca makes more money than I do. That's not fair. As a matter of fact, it might be racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like a raise." <laughs> How's
2: that gonna go over? Don't do that. Okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> got it. Don't, as much as you want to, don't do that. So what you just talked about, basically, that's the EEOC claim. Okay, so we're gonna set that aside. So okay, if, you, if you're doing the same job as what's her name, Rebecca Becky, uh-huh. if you're doing the same job as Rebecca uh-huh. and you're a black woman, Rebecca whatever her name is, as a white woman, uh-huh. like, that's the EEOC claim. Right? Okay, so we're gonna that's a. Different. We're going to set that aside. Okay. okay. Um, and just, you know, talk about the dynamics of asking for a raise. Okay. And so what you want to do, right? So, yes, if you and Becky are doing the same job, Rebecca, and you want to ask for more money, don't start with your manager. Oh, right? Hmm. I always tell people, manager doesn't have the control over the money. Oh. Right? Right. It's finance. The finance team. The finance, whether it's your CFO, whether it's director of accounting, whatever, Mm -hmm. finance has the control over the money. Mm -hmm. HR has the control over the pay bands. Okay, over the compensation bands. Mm -hmm. So some people think like, oh, I don't want to go over my boss's head. Like, nah. You go to HR and you say, listen, HR, can you give me more context about why my salary is X dollars, Mm -hmm. right? Or can you tell me more about what went into? The development of the salary range, right? And they're not going to tell you the salary range, but they may tell you, like, they may throw words at you, like, compensation philosophy or market analysis or, or whatever. So mm-hmm. just you just want to start the conversation, okay? Right? Because you don't want to go into talking to your boss without information. Mm. Because at the end of the day, all your boss is going to do is they're going to try to put you off and be like, "Oh, let me go talk to HR," right. and then they won't go to talk to HR, <laughs> and
0: they'll be dead. Like,
2: yeah, and then it'll, it'll be dead. But you want to make sure that and. There's a way to do it where you're not causing problems, like you're not causing like swirl. Mm. You're just having a conversation with HR. Okay. Right? Um, I always tell people like befriend your HR people. It will not hurt you to just drop in just every drop now and in and then. every now and then. How's it going? You know, build that relationship because also quiet as it's kept and it's not quiet, but like getting a job, mm-hmm. negotiating stuff, all the stuff is about relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, you got mm-hmm. like you have to put in the time to build those relationships. So you know, let me drop into HR and say, you know, I've been doing some thinking and, you know about my compensation. I have these questions for you. Obviously, you're going to want to have the questions ready. Okay. And then, just listen. You know, listen to what they're saying because they may be dropping clues, that they don't even realize that they're dropping. Mm-hmm. And then, once you have the information from your HR person, then you want to consider, alright, and another good question to ask your HR person is, what's the budget cycle
1: mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm.
2: organization? So, when do teams or managers or mm-hmm. you know directors or whatever, when do they ask finance mm-hmm. for more money for their budget? I and mean, usually what happens is some companies do their fiscal years based on calendar year, so January okay. to December. State governments, I believe, do it
1: September to October. September
2: to October uh-huh. And then some people do it based on the school year, oh, yeah? you know, which is yeah. June to July. It depends, right? So you want to know what your fiscal cycle is. Mm-hmm. So if your fiscal year Begins July 1st, Mm -hmm. that means that the budget was already determined Mm -hmm. March 31st. Got it, Uh, right? mm -hmm. The budget is usually finalized three to four months before the beginning of the budget cycle. Mm -hmm. Unless you work for like a really forward-thinking organization. Some people do their budgets like six months to to a year in advance. Mm -hmm. But you want to know about that cycle because if your budget cycle runs June 1 to July 31st and you ask for a raise on June 1, you're not going to get it because it's not in the budget. Right? Unless... There are ways to do it. Like, example that I tell people is, like, if you go out and get a job offer and they really want to keep you, then you can basically do whatever you want. Right. But that's, again, be careful with that. We can talk more about that. But <laughs> yeah. that was a broad question, but uh-huh. I think, like, it's... I yeah. agree. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so something you said stands out to me. So you said we would go to the CFO's office to ask about the budget cycle.
2: Okay, you don't want to go directly to the CFO. <laughs> okay, yeah. So,
0: yeah, because, you know, I'm just trying to envision that, like, mm-hmm. on a... Tuesday morning when I go to work, if I want to raise, I just feel like my office, if I go to my budget office or wherever I'm Mm -hmm. going, and I say, what's the budget cycle? They're going to be looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, first of all, how do you even know about a budget cycle? Mm -hmm. And then two, why do you want to know? So I just feel like that might be
2: weird. I would argue argue that they would actually probably be very impressed Mm -hmm. that you would know about a budget cycle. Mm -hmm. But no, you don't want to go directly to the CFO. I was just kind of giving that example of like who holds the pockets you can either ask your HR person like you don't want to so I would say don't go directly to like someone in my role don't go to the CHRO like you go to the HR journalist go to the HR specialist like okay. ask somebody who won't make waves gotcha. uh, or even in conversation with your boss you know to show that you're interested in like how the organization works because mm-hmm. people like to see that people like to see like you're invested in our organization mm-hmm. you're invested in our strategic growth you're invested in how we do business mm-hmm. it doesn't have to come up in a conversation about the raise I would actually argue you should probably keep it separate And say like, yeah, just curious, like, I would love to learn more about how we do budgets here. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What is the budget cycle? (laughs) You know, you're asking for one reason. They don't know that, Mm you know. Yeah,
0: they don't know that. Okay, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. That's good.
1: I would agree. In my current position, I am over a team of like 17 people. And Mm -hmm. so there's a budget there, raises our conversations that have to be had in that kind of situation. And what we do, I work in contracts, just for clarification, doesn't necessarily involve the budget. But if you know when the budget cycle is, it makes our job a lot easier. Now, I differentiate between an invested employee and employee who's just coming to get a check showing up so they don't get fined. Right. (laughs) Between people who know those tidbits of information, I could imagine several different positions or several different job descriptions where I currently work, where if they had that kind of background knowledge, it would make what they do makes so much more sense but it's all about you know if you know how the organization works and how it works with other organizations or how it works with governments all of those things help make your job easier and then it gives you the background pocket information Mm -hmm. for stuff like salary negotiations etc etc
2: and you said something very interesting like the people who are just coming up to get a check versus people who are invested like Mm -hmm. 100 percent, your manager HR will know which category you fall into Mm. One. 100%. 100%. So if you are somebody who is disengaged, if you are somebody who doesn't go above and beyond, if you are somebody who you just want to raise because you want to be incompatible with Rebecca, but Rebecca is killing it. Mm-hmm. She's putting in her 50, 60, 70 hours a week. She's going above and beyond. She's showing up. She's volunteering for the extra projects. That might be why Rebecca's making more money than you, <laughs> right? Also, you have to be willing to look inside and be okay. like, you know what? Am I really putting in the work? Do, yes. I, do I deserve a raise or do I just want one?
1: Got it.
0: But... To caveat that, so (laughs) just because Rebecca's putting in 60 to 70 hours or doing this extra work or staying late or, you know, whatever the case may be, the job doesn't call for me to put in 60 to 70 hours. The job calls for me to work 40 hours a week, 80 hours every two weeks, and I'm killing it at my job. Does that not mean that I shouldn't get a raise?
2: So you are meeting expectations. And that's, and so that's the raise, what they hired the me for. that you will get is the meeting expectations <laughs> raise. So you'll get that cost of living increase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you'll get that 2.5% meeting expectations. But meanwhile, Rebecca is doing, let's say a rating scale is, you know, on a scale of 1 to 5, you're getting that 3, meeting expectations. Rebecca's getting that exceeds expectations. She's getting that 5% increase year over year over year. That's going to add up to a lot of money. Mm. And so... That's, like, it's not a one-note thing. Like, there's so much that goes into compensation and being willing to, like, being one, one like I said, being willing to ask the questions. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of fear mm-hmm. in asking for an increase and also knowing your worth, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are the one who's going above and beyond, if you're, like, being able to, like, being willing to just say these are my accomplishments, right? So that introduction that Candace gave, I kind of went back and forth with Candace, like, maybe you shouldn't say all of that. Mm-hmm. But then, like, no, like, be willing to like this is like I am good at what I do I'm excellent at what I do Uh pay me Mm -hmm. what I'm worth right and so it's it's multifaceted it's a multifaceted conversation So can I
1: ask a question because some of what we talked about kind of assumes that there are performance reviews and raises tied to those performance reviews. But what if you are at a job that has a performance review cycle, but there are no raises tied to that, right? So do I send an email like after my boss has given me my exceed expectations, right? So I'm good. I'm doing the things. Mm -hmm. I have self-evaluated. I know that I am good at what I do but there's no raise implied, do I send an email and say, okay, so I know the budget cycle is three months, and I'm -hmm. three months ahead of the budget cycle, so I know she's building her budget for her team now, so I'm good in that department. I've got my exceed expectations, I've got my accomplishments listed out. Now that I've gotten
2: these things, how do I say, pay me, please? So, for those of you (laughs) who work in organizations without performance-based compensation increases, like... There's a school of thought, like, whether it's good or bad. Like, I won't comment on that, but it does make it a little bit harder, which mm. is for certain. No, I would not start off with an email. I'd start off with a conversation. <laughs> okay. And, I mean, we can role-play it a little bit. Like, you know, let's, Candice, mm-hmm. you're my boss, right? And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm coming in, and I have prepared for the conversation. Okay. One, prepare. Mm-hmm. Do not go in cold. Because you go in cold, she's just going to give you that stare, and you're mm-hmm. not going to know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, as managers, <laughs> I, know you, I know you know this, we've perfected that Blank stare, yeah. like, why are you in my office? Right? Yes. Like, what are you talking about? Right? And so you got to be prepared for that. So prepare with your talking points. And mm-hmm. your talking points are going to include what you've accomplished okay. over the past year, mm-hmm. the projects that you volunteered for. Your talking points are going to include where you see your role going, mm-hmm. right? So you want to spend about 30 to 40% talking about what you've done, mm-hmm. and the bulk of a conversation. Talking about, like, these are the projects that I'm super excited about over the next year to three years. I'm really excited to grow in this company. I love, you know, working for X company. And I really want to make sure that my compensation accurately represents my growth trajectory. Okay. You know, because what you want to get them thinking about is you want to get them thinking about you as an investment. Mm. And then you want to get them to start thinking about the fact that if they put the time and the money in now, it will return. The return will come. Mm -hmm. So, Candace, you know, you're my boss. Okay, Okay. Candice, thank you so much for meeting with me. And I'm doing this cold. So (laughs) you're going to hear a lot of ums. Thank you so much for meeting with me. I really just wanted to talk to you about... You know how this year has been going. You know, like we had our performance review. Thank you so much for that feedback. I look forward to working on my areas of growth. And if you could just talk to me a little bit more about where you see my strengths are, that'd be very helpful. Okay. So, what I just did was, I put the onus on her to start talking. Mm -hmm. Right? So I'm getting comfortable. Mm -hmm. The more Candace starts talking, the more I'm relaxed because you're nervous going through this conversation. Yes, So I'm giving Candace (laughs) a couple minutes to talk and, Mm -hmm. you know, talk to me about what I got to do. And then she's, Probably wondering, like, why is, why are we having this conversation? Why are we talking yeah. about her strengths? Because we just right. talked about her right. strengths, for right. sure. <laughs> okay. So thank you so much. And you, you know what? And that, just again, that, that mirrors everything that we talked about in our performance conversation. So thank you for reiterating that. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason why I'm here today, the reason why I asked to meet with you is because I wanted to talk about my compensation. Right, you know, and Candace, you know how compensation conversations can be really nerve mm-hmm. wracking. So let's just put it on the table. Like I'm really nervous right now, but okay. like I just I really think it's important that we talk about this. You know, my salary, you know, right now at sixty five K, you know, it is when I came here to this company two years ago, it absolutely was, you know it absolutely represented what I thought I should be earning in this role. Mm-hmm. However, since I started I've taken on this project, you know, to do X. I've worked on this team. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, I've, um, you don't want to say I've gone above and beyond. You want to be very specific. Okay. Because saying above and beyond is subjective. Mm -hmm, Gotcha. And so I've worked on these projects. I have been on these teams. And I'm also so excited about these three projects that you've assigned to me. I'm excited about the growth of this company. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about the growth of my role And I'm really just looking for an opportunity to match my compensation with not only my performance that we've talked about for the past year, but also with my growth trajectory over the next six months to a year. Mm -hmm. And with that, Candice, you know, I make $65,000 now. I would like to propose an increase, a 10% increase. Okay. Now.
1: That's very specific. Very very specific. specific. Mm
2: -hmm. Right. And there's some, some people will tell you to go in with a number. Mm -hmm. I say, don't go in with a number. Because the person you're talking to can't do math that quick. Right? So they're <laughs> probably going to be like, oh, 10%. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also, but you want to know your number beforehand and mm-hmm. you want to ask for above the number. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you want to make, if you, what did I say? 65? 65, so yeah. 10% of 65 is, is 6,500. Mm-hmm. If you want to make 70K, 70, right? Asking for 71. Ask, then you're going to probably want to ask for 12%. Okay. Because they'll, okay. they'll talk you down to 10%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the ways to have a conversation. That definitely assumes you have a good relationship with your boss. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a good relationship with your boss, that conversation is going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But I hope that's helpful. Yeah. It is.
0: No, it definitely is. But I want to touch on something you mentioned earlier, but that's the whole fear component. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, say we come in prepared, we go into the manager's office, we have that conversation and, you know, they just say, all right, we'll get back to you. Like you said, they may say, we'll check with HR, whatever the case may be. Should there be a case of fear on the employee? Because now I've gone into the office, I've laid out all my troops out there. But now you know that I'm not happy, whether that's with my salary or whatever the case may be. Should I be worried now because you may be thinking in your mind, oh, Kaylin doesn't really want to be here because he's not making that 75K. Candace doesn't really care about the mission anymore she's already told me about that so should we feel some type of fear
2: so if your boss thinks that you don't care about the mission or that you don't want to be here that's your fault right mm. everything I said I talked about how excited I am about the mission how excited mm. I am about the projects how excited I am about the company how I how much I love working for you yeah. my manager Candace mm-hmm. like if, if your boss thinks that you don't care you've done so and I shouldn't say like unequivocally that's the HR part of me coming out but like You have to show up, right? If you've been showing up for the past year, honestly, like, no one's going to think that you don't care. Mm -hmm. They're going to want to keep you. They're going to want to retain you. They're going to, in a good company, because there are companies out there that have terrible cultures, you know. But that's why you come with your talking points ready to, like, reiterate how much you care. Mm -hmm. But you also have to make sure that your actions to date Mm -hmm. back that up. Right. If you're supposed to be at work, you know nine to five. Uh-huh. And you walk in at eleven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Your assignment's are always late. Your project's are always late. Leaving
0: at three. Leaving
2: at three. <laughs> you're taking two and a half hour lunches. So yeah. basically, you only put in an hour and a half to the day. Yeah. You do that all and the a time. A fifteen minute smoke
1: break. If, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah.
2: And you're not getting along with your colleagues. You're not getting stuff done. Then, like, you either shouldn't ask for a raise, or you should go to a company where you won't be bored. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think there are companies who. There are organizations who thrive off of that fear. Like, they absolutely will. They want you to be afraid. Mm -hmm. My advice to anybody who works for an organization like that, I know it sounds flippant, but, like, do your best to get out. Yeah. Right? Because they don't deserve you. I know that's easier said than done for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But the more relationships you build and the better, deeper quality relationships you build outside of the organizations, like, you you can get out. And if there's one thing that I always want to tell people, I I tell my current employees this all the time, like, step into your power, right? Like, just because we pay you a paycheck Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you don't have any power. Mm -hmm. And you only have as much power as you believe you have at a company, right? So if you have power to negotiate your salary, if you believe you have power to ask for a raise, if you believe you have the power to say, you know what, you don't deserve me. I am leaving, right? Agreed. Agreed. I think that's so important. I get real like passionate about that because like as much as I work for a company, mm-hmm. you do not going to make me feel like I don't deserve yes. X thing, you know. Agreed. No, it's
0: almost like you need to have a little bit of arrogance about yourself. And they say this about all professional athletes. But when you think about us, we're not professional athletes, but we're professionals. Mm-hmm. And all professional athletes have some type of ego. I don't care if you're more humble about it mm-hmm. or you're more like the most outspoken person. They all have some type of ego. And you kind of have to put that on Mm -hmm. every day when you go to work. Like, look, I'm me.
1: I'm here to do the thing. Yeah,
0: I got the skills. I got the experience. This is me. This is why you hired me.
1: Yes, exactly. Actually, to to Kim's point, my current organization, is, I think, is a pretty decent organization. I have sometimes dis- we're we, we not, we, we not going to put that on the podcast, not. But, but generally speaking <laughs> glory, However I came from an organization That had a terrible culture And they thrived on that fear And I would say that the main proponent of that fear Came from like the head of HR Like They wanted that fear and they wanted you to tremble mm-hmm. In your boots that every day you walk in here Could be your last day Because oh, wow. today It was, so it was almost awe inspiring The way that the fear kind of made employees work Like I mean there were certain individuals When they came It was like people would run and scurry and hide. Mm. And at some point I came. Now, I learned a lot of that organization about myself. I learned a lot about the job that I do. So, you know, there's some give and take there. But what I will say is one day I came to myself and I said, this is nuts. This is absolutely crazy. You shouldn't be running and hiding because someone's walking down the hall and you haven't done anything wrong. You just like, I got to get out of the way. They can't see me. Close my door. Close the shades. It was Mm -hmm. like, you know. It was a lot. And so I, like him said, did my best to say, okay, it's time for me to go. Like, I just got to go. It was absolutely crazy.
2: And not to, like, derail, because we are talking about compensation, but I also want to flag, like, there are probably signs of that when you interviewed at the company. Yes, there were signs. And so you have to also be willing, like, when you're looking for a new organization to go to, like, don't just look at the compensation. Mm -hmm. Culture is a huge part of what I call total rewards. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? So total rewards is, you know, compensation, retirement, your benefits, your culture, whether or not you can have a flexible schedule. Mm -hmm. So when you think about compensation, changing the conversation a little bit and thinking about it as total rewards Mm -hmm. is going to probably increase or improve your experience. agree. Because I personally would much rather make, you know... I'm not going to say 60000 because I know making 60000 but like I would much rather make $10,000 less mm-hmm. at an organization where I have flexibility, mm-hmm. where I can work five hours one week and 80 hours the next week, mm-hmm. where I have... I can work remotely where my boss is invested in my growth. Mm-hmm. That's so key. Mm-hmm. And where HR they we're not assholes, right? Like unless mm-hmm. like I love HR, but like there are some terrible HR people yes. out there. You have to know what you're looking for when you're going in for that interview process. Like mm-hmm. there are things that there are questions that you can ask, there are things that you can look for to make sure that you're not signing up for that fear based kind of culture when you want to ask for an increase
1: agreed and to period that or to mark that when I went into that organization I remember having a conversation with the young lady on the phone about HR so she's like the HR generalist right about compensation I'm sorry and she's like the HR generalist and she's like okay well what do you want to be paid and I'm like I asked for like 10,000 over what I was making at the time so I'm like okay I'll ask for 70,000 or 80,000 or something mm-hmm. like that and she comes back and was like no I'm going to give you a hundred. She's like, this organization is nuts. So we're going to move on. And I was like, red flag. And I thought, I was like, she is the goat. Like she is yeah. coming in. She going, I'm about to be making six figures because she volunteered it. But she knew what I didn't know, which is that this organization is crazy. And for you to do this job, I would, she was like, she was a compassionate person. And she was like, I would not put anybody in this position making less than this because you going to need it for it your sanity. Isn't
2: it fascinating though that you put, Put yourself you lowballed yourself I did almost $40,000 yeah I was like yeah you know, I was just like, crazy I'll take you know I'll take a good 70k and she was like no no no
1: no 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 sis and
2: we've been we have been trained society has trained us to be grateful yes
1: and I was very <laughs> yeah. grateful
2: I say f that don't be grateful yes right and like honestly because nothing is more devastating mm-hmm. than taking money to accepting a salary and then learning six months to a year to a year and a half, that you could have made forty thousand dollars more. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your,
2: your engagement is just gonna. You might as well just leave.
1: Yeah.
0: And they're not going to tell you, but that, but like that, that goes back to the whole point because I've experienced that too. Mm-hmm. I asked for a certain salary, and they told me, "Oh, we'll give you thirty five more than what I asked for." But then come to find out they're because like they're trying to just fill the body, mm-hmm. especially when you're dealing with contracts. So they're saying, well, if this person asks for 40 K and we'll give them 70 K, mm-hmm. we know he's not going to turn that down. But yeah. little did I know my counterparts are getting paid 30 more than that. Mm-hmm. And one of
2: the t- one of the tricks about that, you know, when you're applying for jobs is whenever and it takes you have to be kind of. Like, firming yourself to make sure that you don't answer. Mm-hmm. But the job applications are always going to tell you what, what do you want to make. Mm-hmm. And you just put negotiable, mm-hmm. right? There are some application systems that force you to put a number. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't apply there, but just always put negotiable. When you're on the phone with somebody and they ask you what you want to make, as they ask you the question, you respond and say, well, can you tell me what the salary range is? Mm. Just keep pushing them to tell you. Like, let them be the one to give you a number. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen it so... I see it, all the time where people just don't know the value of the job they don't know the market Mm -hmm. so for example the dc market is very different from the ohio market Mm -hmm. one of my like horror stories is i moved from ohio to dc in 2014 back to dc in 2014 i applied for a job and my asshole supervisor at the time (laughs) i hope you're listening Um, my supervisor at the time he was like well You know, what do you want to make? And I gave him a number that was like $8,000 more than what I made in Columbus. I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. I'm about to be be paid. Mm -hmm. And that's reasonable. The market in D.C. is completely different. Different. Mm -hmm. And he jumped on that. He was like, absolutely, we can pay you that. Mm -hmm. Come to find out. You could have made the position and the, the reason why he was a well, he dummy, in HR. <laughs> he works in HR, so he should have known that I would know the second I got there that I could have gotten twenty five thousand dollars more. Right. Because mm. you see you see the information. Mm-hmm. That's that and culture. so my level of engagement went all the way down.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Because I'm like, you lowballed me and you knew what you were doing, mm-hmm. right? And you knew I would see. It. And you knew I would see. It. <laughs> well he, yeah. I don't think he knew I would see it, he was he was not smart. Wasn't thinking <laughs> that, that far. <laughs> and he just wasn't smart. Again, I would be listening. Um <laughs> And so, like, when you're operating with ignorance, Mm -hmm. like, you're going to leave money on the table. Mm -hmm. And so, just like you guys are talking about how you put research into the MLMs over the past two weeks, you can't just decide that you're going to ask for a raise and then do it. Right. Right? you got to do the research. Mm -hmm. A lot of people like Glassdoor. I'm indifferent about Glassdoor because it has some flaws. But, like, Payscale is a good website Mm -hmm. to do. If you go on Indeed and just look up, not necessarily, don't just look up your title, but look up the title above yours. So, for example... If you're an accountant, mm-hmm. you know, one, look up accountants two and three and see what, you know, see, you want to create your own salary band. Mm-hmm. And I would say you should be looking at at least 20 different positions um, mm-hmm. on Indeed that have salary information so you can build a picture of what it is that you should be making. Got it. The nonprofit sector is going to be different from the corporate sector. The corporate sector is going to be different from state and local government and for the feds. That's how you, you want to build your own salary range mm-hmm. using as many data points as possible. And I also look at the caveat, like we're not talking about executive comp here. Executive comp is a whole different conversation. So mm-hmm. for those of you who want some guidance on executive comp, you can hit me up at the H R nerd. Um, but like <laughs> it is and then also different for entry level positions. Okay.
0: And you can find all that on pay scale though, like the difference between the entry level, Positions and a mid manager and all that so type of stuff.
2: You can find the information on pay scale, but again, I would say that you want to use multiple sources, multiple avenues of information. So okay. Pay scale, Glassdoor, use Indeed, use USA Jobs because USA Jobs have pay scales for the Fed. Mm-hmm. And I always encourage people: like it's okay to base your salaries off the federal government because if you're in the corporate sector, it's going to be higher. If you're in the nonprofit sector, it's going to be a little bit lower. Use it as a baseline. Gotcha. And then talk to people, right? So this is about building your network, right? Mm. So LinkedIn has a, there's a a value proposition for LinkedIn that, like, if you make connections, Mm -hmm. make connections with your fellow accountants in the area and just ask them, what do you make? Mm. Or if you don't want to ask them, what do you make? (laughs) Ask them, what should I be asking for? Mm. People like to talk. Yes. People like to share information. Yeah. They Mm -hmm. like to talk about their salaries. Yeah. Especially in this area.
0: Especially in this area.
2: (laughs) So just reach out to people, right? And build a picture of what you should be making. But don't, do not make a decision. Rebecca makes more than me. I'm going to go into my boss's office tomorrow and ask for a raise. Because the likelihood of it happening is not great.
0: Gotcha. So you got to come and quit.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was,
1: so you kind of started a good segue to our second segment, which was kind of, Talking about, int- so my entry into a company. Mm-hmm. So we talked about some red flags that, you know, as I was going for a raise, <laughs> going for a raise, I actually got quite a few involuntary raises on that terrible culture job, but it was to keep me. And mm-hmm. that's when I realized how valuable I was generally and to them and that I should be looking for elsewhere. But anyway. Mm-hmm. When you got the second job, did they counter? Did they try to keep you? So when I got my second job, yes, they tried. Not only did they try to keep me and counter with money. But they also tried to counter with, unfortunately, disparaging the name of the company that I was going to. Like, oh, you going over there? It's crazy over oh, there. Really? I heard this and this and <laughs> this. I was working contracts, their contracts wow. department is nuts and this and that. Like, they had everything That's in the world scary. to say mm-hmm. about them. And I was like, there can literally be no place worse than here. <laughs> I am going. And it took me a minute because it was a lot of unfortunate, like, messing psychology and messing with your head. But I had to make the decision that, you know what? It can't possibly be worse than here, yeah. so I am leaving. And
2: before you segue into the job offer, I would also say that, like, if you work for an organization that doesn't have compensation for, like, a plan, like, mm-hmm. they like you get this much raise or like, yes. like just, like, a plan for compensation, another route to go mm-hmm. is start looking for other jobs oh. and, and get them to counter. But you have to be very careful with that. That okay. is something that, like... You have to be careful with you have to understand the culture of your organization. Because mm-hmm. there are some organizations that will say, Alright, we'll counter mm-hmm. but in six months we're gonna get rid of you. Yes. There are actually organizations like that. But there are also organizations who will say like, I understand why you felt like you had to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here, let me. We really want to retain you, so here we'll do.
1: Agreed. I've yeah. given that advice before, and I've always told people like, if you come in with a job offer, especially given that I'm a manager, right? But if you come in with a job offer, be prepared to take that job. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because you never know how your manager or whomever you're talking to yeah. is going to take that. Because <laughs> yes. people get
2: sometimes you got to take a temperature check, like well, yes, which way the wind is blowing, and like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: very good. Yes, agreed. Agreed. I, I mean, I've done it myself. I've come in with a job offer and sometimes i come in with, not with the intention to start a bidding war for my presence, but just to say, I'm leaving. Hey, I got this job. I'm leaving. And mm-hmm. their question is, well, can we counter? Will you allow us to counter? So that's been an interesting, interesting situation yeah. as well. Yeah. So as we make our way into talking about your entry into a job, right? So I've tried the raise thing. It has not worked. I am moving on. I am going to do, going to a new place. They're going to hire me. We've had a wonderful interview, a wonderful situation. And now it's time to talk about salary. Mm-hmm. So the HR generalist calls me and says, congratulations. You know, sometimes it's a call and sometimes it's an email and says, congratulations. You know, we've selected you and here's the salary. And I, let's say I'm impressed with the salary. Do I just take it? Do I just sign on the line? Let's no. say. Okay. It doesn't, matter Never. If, it
2: doesn't matter if you are working at it's your first job at Target uh-huh. or if you are becoming a CEO. Okay. Never take the first offer.
0: Huh. Hmm. I wonder how many people have made <laughs> that mistake. Cause. Uh-huh.
2: Never accept the first offer. And why is that? Because you're leaving money on the table. Okay. I can guarantee you, I would say the only people who probably offer what is budgeted is HR people. Uh, Minus my boss who is not intelligent, because they know like when I hired one of my team members, I gave her the max scale because I knew her first day she would see yeah she'd see other information, but like never 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 take the first offer and like and I'm not saying never accept the first offer Uh because. It could be that that's the maximum they can offer. But, like, always be willing to ask for more. Mm. And you it know?
0: never hurts to ask that question. It never,
2: it never hurts to ask that question because they have already made the decision to hire you. They don't want to go back through the hiring process. Okay. sure. So I'm not going to lose this offer. So I saw a video yesterday <laughs> on Instagram that made me very upset, actually. It was this girl, <laughs> and she was <laughs> like, this is how you negotiate a salary. You tell them that... You want $65,000 and you can't accept anything less. And I was like, that's horrible advice because (laughs) you don't, you don't demand, right? Right. You just ask the question, Mm -hmm. you know, and you ask the question with evidence. Okay. Right. And so if you're impressed with that salary, you know, we'll use, we'll use round numbers and say you're impressed with the $100,000 offer. Okay. I would be willing to bet that the salary range that they have approved, if they if, you, if they've given you a hundred thousand dollars off the bat, their salary range is probably anywhere from like ninety to one hundred and twenty, mm-hmm. uh, probably because that's what we do. we do with like twenty to thirty thousand dollar ranges most of the time in HR. And so, that means, and, and, and so here's what you do, okay, right? And if your approach is going to be different if it's on the phone or if it's an email, okay, if it's on the phone, you immediately say, "I am so excited mm-hmm. to come <laughs> and work for." x company yeah. mm-hmm. stream i'm so excited to come work for stream chasers okay i like i loved meeting all of you mm-hmm. it was a really great experience can you tell me more about the benefits package okay because they're expecting you to go straight to salary like you want to shake it yeah. up a little bit okay yeah. Yeah. can you tell me more about can you <laughs> keep me, them guessing yeah right can you tell me more about the, all the you know the total rewards uh-huh. and, you know what's the retirement package look like like you know going down the list mm-hmm. and then you say oh you know before we go in one hundred thousand dollars is a really great salary. I, as we were talking, it just occurred to me that I really would like to counter. Can you match me at one hundred and ten? Okay. Can you meet me at one okay. hundred and ten? And then most likely they'll say, "Let me get back to you" because they got to go talk to finance. All right. Right. You know, or they got, or they got to talk to the HR director or the to, yes. you know, or if they already have the budget approved, they'll say, "Oh, absolutely."
1: Mm-hmm. When
2: they say that, well, absolutely," you know that they had a budget, and you've probably you about to, sell yourself, you're about to short. sell yourself short. Should I be insulted? No, it's a game. Okay. It's a game. Everybody plays it, right? Because if, if as your manager, if I can bring you in at $10,000 less okay. than what I have budgeted, that $10,000 goes to my budget. Mm, and I mm-hmm. can use that money elsewhere in the year. It's a dollar. It's a numbers game. Okay. This
0: um, makes me want to go back to the private sector. Now, just having some of this knowledge, uh-huh. just like, man, I could make a killing out there.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But, like... But let's say, you know, let's say you're not satisfied okay. with the initial offer. Right,
1: because that happens.
2: I would say that, one, during the interview process, you should have already known what the salary range was. Mm-hmm. There's a sweet spot. You don't want to ask too early mm-hmm. because you don't want them being like, oh, she only cares about the money. Right. So you don't want to ask in your phone screen. You don't want to ask in your interview with the hiring manager or your interview panel. But at some point, if the salary has not come up, You'll want to schedule a conversation with the HR person, not the hiring manager, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm. people often think that I do all the hiring for my job. I don't. I'm not don't time for that. Like <laughs> so the hiring manager does the hiring, and I'm doing all the behind the scenes things. And so you just want to schedule a quick ten minute conversation, but you don't want to say it's about benefits. I mm-hmm. mean the compensation. You want to say, "I'd love to talk to you about benefits." Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Trojan horse. Yes. Right, and just slide it down in there. I'm like, right. oh, I had a question about. Can you share the salary range with me? Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. Don't ask. Don't say. Can you share the salary?
0: The salary Raise range. What
2: is the range? Got it. And so that gives you a lot, a, a lot more negotiating power as well. Agreed. And I would
1: say so because federal government jobs and mm-hmm. state and local jobs generally show you the range. Mm-hmm. So let me back this question up a little bit because that I work currently in local government. And so there is usually a range shown mm-hmm. <laughs> on on the jobs. Usually when we offer jobs, we go right down the middle. We split 50%. Like we don't go low. We don't go high. We mm. go right down the middle. But that being said, our HR, I mean, our finance folks make us budget for the high end of the range because you just never know, right? Mm. So, and they're all about, if you're going to show it, you better have the money for it. So that's kind of how we budget. With that being the case, right? Can I expect to make the high end? Like, if I if I'm on a federal government job, because like a lot of times, federal, local, state, whomever you are, whatever type of government you are, they either go for the step one or scale one or whatever Mm -hmm. they call it, or they split the difference and go right down the middle. Is there a way though to reach the higher end? Like, Mm -hmm. is it possible?
2: So, with the caveat that I'm not like a super expert on the Fed, Mm -hmm. um, but I, I would say that. Principles apply no matter like what sector you're working in. Okay. The principle is like if you have the experience, if you have the education, if mm-hmm. you if you're qualified for the role, uh-huh. you should want to try to negotiate based on that. Okay, right. So if the salary, if the range, if they've gone down the middle with the range uh-huh. and there's still thirty thousand dollars left in the range, you'll say something like, "And this is I would not do this verbally. I do this in writing. Uh-huh. You send an email. Thank you so much for the offer. So excited to work for you." Uh-huh. Thank you for the offer of X dollars. Based on my level of education, my master's degree or my PhD or my bachelor's, based on my education, based on my 10 years of experience, and based on my track record of successfully navigating X project, which is what you want me to do here, right. mm-hmm. I would like to counter your offer and with an increase of 15%. Okay. Or with the Fed, you're probably going to want to use $1, $1 a dollar A dollar figure, Right. Gotcha. Um, and you're going to want to put that in writing. Okay. Because people for some reason it reads better when you're laying out your accomplishments yeah. mm-hmm. and why you should hire me than hearing it cuz people forget. Mm-hmm. And then see what happens. But also just remember like this is where at the offer stage mm-hmm. is when the employee has the most power. Cuz mm. nobody wants to go through another recruitment. <laughs> mm. Cuz recruitment takes Forever, And I right. will
1: step out of my like stream chasers interview role for a second <laughs> and put on my manager role at work and say she is absolutely positively mm. correct. If I selected you as my candidate, mm-hmm. you can ask for the world and I'm gonna try to get it for you. I'm gonna try to hustle as hard mm. as I can inside this organization to get you whatever it is you want, because I do not have the time, money mm-hmm. or energy to do this process again. I don't, I just don't want it.
0: And so. most of the time, you need some work that needs to be and done I got behind, which that is why you're trying to hire. <laughs> yeah.
1: And yeah. all of this is giving me PCSD because I'm currently on maternity leave. I told y'all before, I have a newborn. And when I get back to work, there are three positions waiting for me to hire for them. And I'm like, I mm. do not want to. Mm. The hiring process, God bless your soul, is not my friend. <laughs> I just, I don't like it. So. Mm.
2: And yeah, even if they have like a second and third person, like if you're the first person, they want you. Yeah. yeah. Step into your power, right? Yes. And just be like... And you also, Rand, this is not like HR advice, it's just like people advice, but like have that group of people that's going to hype you up. Mm. I got got my group chat. Yes. We we hype each other up. Like, nah, go get that money. Go get it.
1: (laughs) I would also say that the other Portion for our stream chasers, kind of as you're thinking about your jobs and what you want to do and using your extra compensation to jumpstart your businesses, etc. Kim was totally correct about the extras, like the total bit. Like, if you can have a flexible schedule where you could be off one day a week Mm -hmm. or you could minimize your time, that's totally helpful because maybe you can use that time putting in towards your other business. So maybe you don't get it in compensation, but you get it in flex schedule or something Mm -hmm. else that's super helpful out here trying to get it as a stream chaser. Mm
2: -hmm. It's not always about the dollar amount. Yeah. The job that I'm currently in now, I left money on the table at another organization. A significant amount of money because it wasn't worth it. Mm. It just wasn't worth it, right? My quality of life is significantly better than it would have been at this other job. And that's, like, it's not always about the dollar amount. Also, they have a 5% retirement match, which I always tell people, like, (laughs) look at the benefits. Yes. Right? Because a retirement match is no joke. Don't mm-hmm. leave money on the table. I hope you're maxing out your retirement accounts, people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely do that.
2: Exactly, because that's another form of income. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you
1: gonna need it. Mm-hmm. Well, we thank you today for joining us, Kim. We have learned so much. Stream changes. I hope you learned everything. Yes. hope you were taking notes. You had your situations together because I have notes for myself. I'm like, hmm, maybe I need to go nah, back I and got see. so much
0: stuff in my head.
1: <laughs> like, it's just swirling. <laughs> like, I need to go see somebody on Monday. I wonder if I could ask for a raise on maternity leave. I just, I have things in my head that I need to go deal with. So I'm going to take the next two weeks in between paydays to figure out my situation for when I get back from maternity leave. So we appreciate you. a question that we ask all of our guests Mm -hmm. on the show given that we interview stream chasers Mm -hmm. as they are going about what is it that you have in your head what is the next project what is the next phase what is the next thing for kim aka the hr nerd Mm -hmm. what's on the horizon for you
2: yeah so for me i mean i admire fully admire anybody who's you know chasing the stream you know (laughs) i admire and i one of the things I would say, that, though, is not everybody is an entrepreneur. Uh-huh. And I, I fully respect the entrepreneur life. It is a lot of work. It is. I would say that that life is not for me, okay. specifically. I am all about my career, as Candace knows. Uh-huh. And so for me, what's next for me is, like, what's the next move? Like, I'm constantly looking ahead as, like, what's the next move? My career goal has always been CEO by 40. I'm about mm. to be 35. And so I got five years to, like, map that out. Okay. And it's all mapped out. And so... For those of you who are not, like, who want to do the dual track of, like, stream chasing and also, you know, mm-hmm. the career, like, just map out, have your career mapped out, and don't let anybody distract you from what it is that you want to do. Because at the end of the day, for me, I know what my compensation needs to be for me to be happy okay at that CEO level, and that's, that's what I'm working towards, right? So, but aside from that, I do have... My little ratchet Instagram account. (laughs) I promise it's not ratchet. But it's The HR Nerd. And I have it only because, like, I like to talk about this stuff. I like to help people. I like to when people ask me questions. Mm -hmm. Because there's such a wealth of knowledge Mm -hmm. out there that people just don't have. Because either they don't know what questions to ask, or they're afraid, or whatever the case may be. So... You can find me on there talking about random HR stuff. And I'll always encouraging people to know how powerful you are in the workplace. Because one of the things I read this quote, it's really powerful. All organizations should take this approach is you can't win the marketplace without winning the workplace. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you, you know, working for organizations that value your people and knowing that like your people are your biggest investment, your payroll is going to be like, it's the biggest uh, thing that you pay for in the organization. So people know your power. Know your worth. Get that paper. Get that string. Yes. Chase that, chase yes.
0: that paper. Okay. <laughs> no, thank you, Cal. Thank, thank you for you.
2: having me. This was exciting. This was fun. Yeah. No, this
0: was great. We would love to have you back on again mm-hmm. um, because, like I said, my mind is rolling right now. There's a lot of HR things that we can dive into. Mm-hmm. So, again, we're just thankful that you took the time out to join us on Stream Chases Podcast. Yes. And for all the Stream Chases out there, if you didn't get anything from this podcast, here's a few One, HR gets paid because they know the ins and outs. Uh You don't have to be an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. to chase multiple streams. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if you don't want to become an entrepreneur. Don't let anybody force that on you. Right. And Kim hit on something very key at the end of that. She knows what salary makes her happy. Mm -hmm. So that's all that's about, you know, Candace and I, we're interested in entrepreneurship. But that doesn't mean that has to be your dream. Right. So whatever it is, pursue it. What's going to make you happy Mm -hmm. and just go about it.
1: Right. At the end of the day, you know, stream chasing can be about chasing a solo stream. Right. And like Kim said, CEO by 40. So she's chasing the stream. Rather, she wants to admit it or not, she's chasing the stream. But it's one particular stream that's going to make her happy. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to require work. And we always say it. Stream chasers do the work. Okay so you can see this podcast and all of your podcast platforms your apple your google your spotify all the places you can Mm -hmm. watch it on youtube okay you can visit our website www.streamchasers.work because stream chasers do the work Mm -hmm. and you just got paid just
0: got paid